Yes. And what's interesting yes. is that Jenny and I have the same personality profile. We are both ISFJs, but I absolutely, I reject structure. So I, in, in that context, I lean more toward, I think INFP is actually what I am, in it, which is Lisa's personality mediator, but it's in the dreamer, like, it's in the, dream, the dreamer categorization. Um, and so it's very funny because Jenny and I have this similar profile in certain contexts, and I absolutely am not like that. I do not want every minute of my day structure. I do not want to have the structure of my, my binging, my happy downtime. But yes, when Jenny shows up for here, I was telling her. Was vegan. Yeah, when she shows up here for whatever, if she shows up at a meeting, whatever, we, the bar. we all feel like we need. I feel like she I need to button up. <laughs> like, she's on a time she she schedule. <laughs> Any woman actually could be like, really? Oh Y'all are tripping. No. I have something else to do in five minutes. <laughs> no, it's not I, a I bad thing. That way too. No, it's honestly but not. I like that though. Yeah, but I but I'm under the influence of these two. We're <laughs> <laughs> strong. Right. We're so strong. at our time, I feel like I've, my sense of order has been eroded because <laughs> yeah. you know I'm hanging out with Lisa in April all the time. <laughs> we end up yeah. drinking tequila and bourbon, and then it's and like, this, what? You know, like, oh, what we should happened? have to get some work done. Oh, but when you're around Jenny, I do feel like I better yes. have it together. And you know, yes. no mistakes are acceptable. And not, be, and not because you, no, and not because you're harsh, no. but because I just feel like there's an expectation of things being accomplished. Welcome to the Jealous Vegan, a podcast about healthy eating, habit change, and the hurdles we all need help overcoming. I'm Jennifer Hunley, co-founder of the Jealous Vegan, also known as The Voice. Today we are joined by April Cunningham, confidence coach, co-founder of the Jealous Vegan also known as The Influencer. Jendai Jackson, owner of Jendai Asha Creative, also known as The Entrepreneur. Lisa Carter, founder of Kinetic Fitness, also known as The Balancer. In a not-so-long-ago episode, we talked about our personality types, as well as our love language, which we think influences our ability to create or sustain habit change. And so we thought it would be interesting to take a fresh look at our personality types as indicated by the Myers-Briggs personality type indicator, as well as the five love languages, which is something that was popularized by Gary Chapman and see where we fall on the scale, as well as what we might learn about ourselves and our ability to make and sustain uh, habit change. So ladies, I'm so sorry that Lawrence isn't with us today because I'm really because I think the conversation started in an episode where we were trying to figure out who he is and how he thinks and what makes him tick. So we'll have to revisit that with him uh, when he's available. Uh, but I'm, I'm curious what you all have rediscovered, hopefully, about yourselves. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm ISFJ. That means I'm an introverted uh, observant. S is for sensing. Yeah, maybe we should start there. I'm sorry to interrupt you. So let's just quickly run down the personality uh, op- options. So there are 16 personality types and we all have taken the test on 16personalities.com and the categories are you are either, well, the category is mind and the options are extroverted or introverted, excuse me. The second is energy and that might be intuition versus sensing or observant. So the letter will be S, but they actually classify it as observant. The next category is nature, where you were either a thinker or feeler. And then finally, tactics, which you would either be a judger or they use the word prospecting, but I've actually seen in many places, perceptive would be P. Um, They also add in your identity as being either assertive or turbulent. 
And so, again, we will link to the test as well as some of our results um, and the show notes for you to review and then take the test yourself. Um, but again, it's mind, which would be introverted or extroverted, energy, which is intuitive or observant, also sensing, nature, which is thinking or feeling, tactics, which are judging or prospecting slash perceptive. And let's just start at the outset um, that this test does not define you. It it says who influence. Well, <laughs> if you are an ISFJ like some people <clears throat> or ES, ESTJ like some people, um, rules are very important. Right. So and structure creates uh, calm and a sense of order. Um, and for someone. So so for someone who's an observant, a strong, very strong observant, um, that might be true. But for an intuitive, generally speaking, we're kind of wild um, in the sense that we do not like order so much. And so I think the idea is that it doesn't define you, but it does inform or provide some fodder for how you show up in the world and how you choose to engage with the world and, and when you're alone and both in the context of others. And so the idea too, being audience, it is, and I sometimes hear this with men because they're just like, I don't want to, I've had, you know, two people take the, two men take the test and they were just like, I don't want to take that. I don't want to be defined. And I'm like, it doesn't define you. Okay, it just indicates your your tendencies in the environment and when you're alone and offer some insights. And it also is a spectrum. Like you might be for myself, I'm I'm 94% assertive and I'm 79% introverted. So there is some extroverted nature in there. It's just a it's a range. So it doesn't um it's not prescriptive in that way and you just need to call that out so that people can know, hey, it's not like a stamp that you are you know, good or bad, it is a medley uh, with these very specific, well-documented characteristics of how you tend to show up. And it may change by environment. The other thing that I think about taking the test is like, it's really helpful just to know these things about yourself, how, how, you know, you show up in the world and also like the people that you love, knowing that your friend is 90% introverted. So when they say they don't want to come out is really not a personal thing, you know, or knowing that, you know, they sense things or it's just a good barometer for just knowing yourself and knowing the people around you and like having a baseline of like, all right, I get it. <laughs> you know, when I took the test, I spent most of my energy thinking about my relationship with my husband mm -hmm. and how it affects our marriage and, you know, all those things. But then I brought it back to the, the reason why I took the test in the first place and started thinking about habits and, you know, my ability to stick to things or not. And I 100% feel like my personality type, which is ISFJ, helps me to stick to my habits or my the things that I want to change in my life to create habits um, around them. Yeah, I like structure. I like structure. I like a challenge. Um, I learn by doing. So in order for me to, to um, you know, have structure in my life, I need to set rules. And I need to say, if I'm going to become a vegan, I need to do X, Y, Z, A, B, C. And it has to go in that order. And then if I don't do it, then I feel like I failed. So, yeah, it, my personality type is geared towards making, yeah, creating and habits. See, yeah. I'm the total opposite. On the fly. My whole life. Figure it out fly. and flow. Yeah. Which is why I feel like I have to set myself up for things. For me, structure doesn't look like a detailed day. Structure looks like I need to get these things done. And what's what thing do I do first that sets me up best to be able to do the second thing? 
or third thing or fourth thing but i tried like i like to have planners i have a planner every year multiple planners every year like i do and um i tried a couple of years ago the one that like blocks out every hour of the day oh that was I don't even think I made it a month with that planner. I was like, I gotta get a new planner. This is this is all wrong for me. What I like are the big blocks, no time. It's like this needs to be done kind of in the morning. This should be done before I get ready to have dinner, and these things are kind of done in the evening. All of that is subject to change, but in my best case scenario, that's what that would look like. And like just knowing those things about me, once I took the test and I realized like, oh yeah, I'm totally a go by the wind type of person, then I'm like, okay, I'm a go by the wind type of person. Who also requires some structure. A little bit of structure. Not a whole lot of structure. So (laughs) it's funny because recently, Jen, you shared your calendar with me and you had like, each day was blocked. She she had this beautiful, like, calendar of I'm like sure Monday, Tuesday, it. Wednesday, Thursday. Yes. What's going here? When's her workup? And she also had... Pull it up for me, Jen. I want to see. She also You had, guys, yeah. You would geek out on her calendar. It stresses me out. Go ahead. She, she also, had, also had what she called non-functional slack fill. So there was blank space built into her schedule so that she had space to not do anything at all, which she scheduled her mm-hmm. downtime. Mm-hmm. 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 Which for me, see, I can't schedule my downtime. It just comes to me. Like, what's your personality type, Jen? I'm an ESTJ. Okay. Extroverted, <laughs> sensing, thinking, judging. Um, I think it's called the executive. So yeah, mm-hmm. structure. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal. Which fits her personality very well. She's very good at logistically aligning things and also leading people, right? And from a very structured perspective. Jen and I are very different leaders because I, I'm a chameleon. I seem to go back and forth between ISFJ. I'm a defender, absolutely. And sometimes it gets on my stinking nerves because I'm too defending of people and I need to like not defend them. And IN, um, INF, INFP, I think it is, is the same. Um, and that's more like a dreamer. And when I'm in a context where I need to defend, I'm very strongly ISFJ. And then I'm also this dreamer that kind of bounces back and forth between these two lines. So for me, I, I, I do not like structure, although I need it like everybody else to some extent. But I absolutely want you to unbound my un having something fall off my calendar is like dopamine hit. Oh, my God. Not, we have no meetings. Excellent. I'm going to sit on the couch and I'm going to dream for a while. It feels amazing. See, I feel the same way, but I'm going to sit on the couch and use that unscheduled time to now schedule <laughs> <laughs> my Netflix binge time. This is what I watch, and then I watch yes. this, and then I watch that. Yes. That's so funny. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so under um, the description for my personality type, which is actually executive, one of the things it mentions is enjoy creating order. So it says chaos makes things unpredictable and unpredictable things can't be trusted when they are needed most. I think that that's also uh, a statement about my family history. With this in mind, executives strive to create order and security in their environments by establishing rules, structures, and clear roles. And so I'm the person who likes lists of things. I like to check things off. Not as prone to do that, but I have a mental list of nothing else. And that also means that in terms of creating habits related to um, health, I like to have, uh, I like to meal plan. I like to know on Sunday, here's what I'm going to eat this week. And I don't necessarily want to have to think about it in the moment. I want to know ahead of time, like I've already set myself up for success. You know, if I, when, I, when that happens to me, the first, as soon as there is a list or a plan made, 
Like, that's too long. We can make a plan for the day. We can make a plan for the next couple of hours. Anytime it <laughs> falls off. Of hours? Yeah. Anytime it fall, lasts longer than a day or three days, depending on what it is, I immediately have a need to say, kill it all. Like, yes, we made rules so we can break them. I have an urge to break all the rules as soon as the rules are in place for too long. I, it's just like, yeah. So what does that mean for habits? So that's what I was thinking yeah. about when Jen was talking, right? Because my personality profile is uh, INFP and I'm a mediator. That's what they call it. And I don't like rules. I don't like structure. I'm like real go by the wind. And so I I, <laughs> I struggle with habits because I want to be this person that like gets up at 5 a.m. and goes to the gym and does my meal prep. It's not in the cards for me. It's not ever going to happen, you know? And like, I like struggle with that because I'm like, but I want to be that person, but I'm I'm not. And it's funny because my husband is somewhere in the middle. He shares a personality profile, I think, with April where like, he's kind of go with the flow, but he actually likes structure more than not. And so if I'm like, let's meal prep for the week, he's like, all right, let's meal prep. And he can like, I can make something, he'll eat it every day. I meal prep and on Monday and Tuesday, I'm like, I don't feel like that. I feel like mm-hmm. I want to eat. And he's like, but this is what we already decided that like we're going to eat. You said like, on Monday you feel that way? If no, you milk, I milk on Monday. Monday but by Tuesday, I'm like. She's spreading a kick. She's ready to I'm like, I don't feel like. And, and and so when you talk about habits and especially like when it comes to. <laughs> <laughs> <Jenny's> traumatized. <laughs> No, it's true. all that hard work. Yeah, but if I don't feel it, and it's it's funny because my pers- my personality profile uh, feeling was I'm sixty seven percent feeling, and so it's like it's dominant. If I if I don't feel it, if it doesn't, it, you know, and so I have a hard I I have a hard time when it comes to food because I'm like I know what I should eat, but I don't feel like that. I feel like I want to have this, or I feel like I want to have that, and and a lot of my decisions are kind of irrational because I'm just like I feel like I want to go to the mall today, and like I feel like um so it's really hard for me in terms of like habit change because if I don't. My feelings are not consistent. And so if I don't feel it, it's, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I'm like 77 to 84% depending on which oh, feeler. Yeah. So I, absolutely, I cannot tell you what I'm going to want to wear. Like I used to be this person that's structured. I would know months in advance what I was wearing to a very, an annual event that I would go to. And I would just plan it out. And it's like head to toe, whole outfit was planned. But I also had the influence of this other person who was very structured. Now, since... Not having that person in my life, I'm like, yeah, I'll figure it out. I'm going to put a couple of options in here. I may not feel like wearing blue. Uh, this dress is for blue. I think it's Saturday. But, uh, you know, I may not feel like wearing... I may, I, may, I may need to wear white. I may need to switch handbags. Like, I just don't know till I get there. What What am I feeling? And sometimes that's not optimal. <laughs> right? Jen's looking at me like I'm crazy. Yeah. I, I got I to gotta check in. I may not feel like if I, I, can, I can meal prep and then the day it comes, I'm just like, I don't feel like pinto beans. I don't feel like that. I don't feel like quinoa. What I need is a beet sandwich or something stupid. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go get that. Plus, I get a dopamine hit from kicking my schedule to the curb. I love it. And I try not to do it. And I especially try not to do it for clients and for very specific things that I know need to be observed. But otherwise, it's like everything's rather fungible. Like, uh, we can negotiate that. We can reschedule that. I love to reschedule stuff or kick it off completely. Is this necessary? Which, you know, I'm not a very good 
I'm not as structured as I need to be. And I'm going to call myself out here because Jen's going to be like, I'm crazy. No, no, I, please forgive my, my, my no. look and my face. is <laughs> like, not. you live like that? No, I just, I don't, I don't understand. So no, so this is what's interesting, right? Because even us as a team, it's so funny because we have very different personality types and you cannot put April and I on a task together because chances are, if we don't feel like it, oh. it is not going to happen, which is bad for business. <laughs> it's like, you got to do it whether you feel like it or not. So like, we got to pair up in different ways because, yeah. but the, it's just part of our personality. And that's why I say like, knowing your own personality and the personalities around you is like so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm more like, Jenny and I are more like that I realized. Yeah. yeah. Okay, it's not until this moment that we're both like, what? You just Which is do why we and, always need to be paired up with one of you guys. And, and, <laughs> yes. Yes. And what's interesting yes. is that Jenny and I have the same personality profile. We are both ISFJs, but I absolutely, I reject structure. So I, in, in that context, I lean more toward, I think INFP is actually what I am, and which is Lisa's personality mediator, but it's in the dreamer, like, it's in the dream, the dreamer categorization. Um, and so it's very funny because Jenny and I have this similar profile in certain contexts. And I absolutely am not like that. I do not want every minute of my day structure. I do not want to have the structure of my, my binging, my happy downtime. But yes, when Jenny shows up for here, I was telling because her. Vegan. Yeah, when she shows up here for whatever, if she shows up at a meeting, whatever, she sets we, the bar. we all feel like we need. I feel like she I need to button up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, she's on a time she's on schedule. <laughs> Any moment now, she's gonna be like, "Really, oh y'all gosh, are tripping? No. I have something else to do in five minutes." <laughs> no, it's I, not a I, bad I do feel thing. That way too. No, it's honestly but not you're a... like that though. Yeah, but I, but I'm under the influence of these two. <laughs> and we're so, strong, right? We're so strong over time, anchors. I feel like I'm, my sense of order has been eroded because <laughs> yeah. you know I'm hanging out with Lisa in April all the time. <laughs> we end up yeah. drinking tequila and bourbon, and then it's and like, it's, what, you know, like, oh, we need to get some work done. Oh, but when you're around Jenny, I do feel like I better yes. have it together. And you know, there's yes. no mistakes are acceptable. And oh. not be, and not because you, no, and not because you're harsh, no. but because I just feel like there's an expectation of things being accomplished, right? And so I'm like, well, I better do my part to make sure things get accomplished. Yeah. And we all feel it. We all feel we it. We just yeah. said and this week we were just like, like good. We we, we need you more. We need you more because we're like. He's gonna if JD be- was here, this would never would have happened. Y'all make me sound like a slave driver. No, no, like, no, no, oh no, my no. god, it's, it's really it's balancing bad. energy because we actually. don't have it. Actually, <laughs> like it probably dovetails very well into love languages, which we'll get into in just a second. But when when you have someone around you that makes you feel like you are supposed to be responsible, it just makes you kind of check yourself and like, okay, well, let's get it done. Um, and so because you are the person that's, you're the entrepreneur, so you're always getting stuff done. I think that just rubs off on us. Like, oh, we should be getting stuff done too. In a good way. It really is. It, is a, it really is a good way. Yeah. I'll try to take that in a good way. But no, I'm yeah, like, no, it's, yeah, it's, no, it's, it's good. Only it's when you are, <laughs> we have you around, our meetings start on time. Yeah, we get all the stuff time. done we're supposed to do. We talk about Almost the right thing. We talk about time. the right stuff. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, I'm telling you. When you're not there, it's off the rail. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But the reason I was looking at you like you're crazy, April, is not because it's because I don't understand that. Now, it's true, especially when it comes to food, as I realized I am an emotional eater, especially this past week when I was supposed to be doing a juice cleanse. And then I had this emotional thing happen and I was like, yeah, I'm going to get some vegetable fried rice. I don't feel like I don't feel like having juice tonight. Um, and I very quickly gave into my feelings about it. Um, but in general, I I don't make decisions based on my feelings. And so it's interesting when you look at 
the profile, it says under thinking versus feeling, I'm 69% thinking. It says thinking individuals focus on objectivity and rationality, prioritizing logic over emotions. They tend to hide their feelings and see efficiency as more important than cooperation. And I think that I have relationships that have suffered as a result of that because I want to get things done. I don't, I don't really care how you feel and you shouldn't care how you feel. Like we're supposed to be doing something. So let's just get it done. Um, now post, uh, hysterectomy, uh, almost out of the hormones that I desperately need, um, which thankfully I'm going to go this week. I also feel like that plays a role for me. Like at my optimal natural state, I would very much be a thinker and I would not give in to feelings or emotions almost ever. But, um, I'm not as equipped to do that uh, where I am right now. So there are times when I do feel myself kind of leaning towards the feeling aspect or I don't want to or I can't make myself. Whereas in general, I think my my personality would be like, no, let's just we have to get it done. Let's get it done. And the thing is, though, that we're, none of us are all thinking or all feeling like the way our brain is wired is that everything we take in from the senses, everything we take in from the senses is um coded with emotion first always that's how our brain works before it hits logic center to process it and i think that that is one of the most profound quizzical truths about how humans are made we are actually feeling first always you see that in kids they're feeling first we teach them to um to be logical we teach them how to channel their energy their anger their emotions we teach them how to manage those things for themselves and for other people we teach them not to harm other people with their emotions <laughs> and yet as we get adults we feel like we should some of us right and I, I used to be that way we shouldn't be feeling but in fact we are feeling first always as a human you are and so the idea that um again it's a range right you're thinking versus feeling i think the idea when we when we try to suppress one part of our nature it makes it obvious that the other part is going to roar back and it take control when it does because it's actually always there um and i get it because i've always felt that way for me um it's interesting to me that in both of my personality profiles i'm an f because i would have thought of myself as a thinking i'm very logical Except now I'm noticing in, in in this stage of my life, I'm noticing that actually I'm really highly intuitive and really highly feeling. And often, um, I won't say right or wrong, but just that it, it's impossible to ignore that. It's impossible to ignore that I'm, I'm in a situation right now. I'm just like, you know, logically, this doesn't make as much sense as it feels right. And I have a lot of dissonance about that because I'm like, they sh logic and intellect and intuition sit together so that jointly they help me make a decision and in the past I, w I was very heavily thinking and ignoring intuition completely and then I, all this stuff happened in my life and then I got really clear about who I was and I did this growth and, blah, 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 and then I realized oh I'm actually both really highly intuitive and also logical and in this place I'm so used to de defaulting to logic as the way that I make decisions that now that intuition and my feelings are very forward and I'm conscious of it I'm I'm, I'm wanting to I'm wanting to check that. I'm wanting to edit my feelings, which you can't edit your feelings. They are what they are. You can notice them. And you can edit your thoughts, which might shift your feelings, but you cannot edit your feelings. They are what they are. They're going to come for you. <laughs> and if you try to suppress them, they're going to come harder for you. Um, and it's, it's really interesting where I am because I'm just like, I really want to edit this feeling. And in fact, the feelings are dominant, even though this makes more sense. And for what I, this, not sense, it's, 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 makes less logical sense than it does true raw 
feeling and and the feelings refuse to be ignored. One thing that I, I was thinking about as you were talking about intuition versus sensing, like you talk a lot about listen to your body. Um, and so for someone like you, that might seem very natural, but I'm not very intuitive, right? I don't, <laughs> I remember having this conversation with my sister a long time ago and she was like, well, how do you just make a decision? Like, don't you have to, like, what did your gut tell you? And I was like, my gut tells me I'm hungry. That's about it. Right. Like I'm not I'm not making decisions based off intuition. And so even the idea of, well, what does your body say about what you're ingesting? I'm like, I don't know. Like that's it's very hard for me to tap into that, mostly because I've ignored it for a long time. But also, I think if your personality is such that you're more interested in in the observation of things or the sense of or the data associated with something um, and food digest over a long period of time sometimes, right? So uh, we just uh, talked recently about Lisa and going to the bathroom and looking to see what's there. Like if it's not an immediate, like I ate this and two hours later it came out, then how do you know whether or not, how do you know how your body responded to that? And that's where I feel like for somebody like me, my personality maybe inhibits my ability to listen to my body. I think that's a good point. I, I would just say that we're not, Typically, Americans are not typically trained to listen to our bodies. We're typically trained to pop a pill. Yeah. The doctor is king when actually the body should be king. And intuition is something that's developed over time. Intuition is how you know, is knowing something without knowing how you know. And your intuition is always developing. We are not taught to listen to it. So that all that to say that you can train it. And there are coaches. There are intuitive coaches. There are, you know, healers of all sorts that teach you to listen to your intuition and and to retrain your intu in, intuitive capacity. You absolutely know more than you realize you know. And I, one example I'll give quickly is um, I used to speak Spanish, right? And I used to speak Spanish when I was, you know, in my twenties, and I was studied Spanish in college, and then I was. Um, learning to teach the Bible in Spanish. And then you know, my life shifted and I was just like, yeah, you know, I'm putting Spanish away. I'm going back to English. And I'm just like, I had some real emotional baggage with like associating Spanish with a really negative time in my life. And I just put it away. And then I was somewhere and um, I'm having, I'm having tequila because tequila always reveals me. Right. And, um, and actually, no, sorry, I wasn't. I was negotiating for um, a t-shirt in the Dominican Republic. Remember this? And, um, the guy is trying to sell me a T-shirt, one T-shirt for like $25. And I thought, no, that seems really excessive. And it's like basic T-shirts. They're not like designer T-shirts. They're just like somebody printed them. I'm just like, $25 seems... And you, you yeah, realize the value of the dollar there should should not have asked... Shouldn't They should not have been asking for $25. Two T-shirts are $50. And I felt like, no, you're trying to hustle me. You realize I'm an American. You realize I probably have it. And immediately I had an emotional reaction to getting hustled. And all the Spanish I knew came out. And you know what? It was dead on. He absolutely understood me in every context. I knew exactly what to say. I wasn't thinking about what to say. I very much so had a feeling of like, nope, I'm not paying more than X amount. I think it was like $40 for two t-shirts or something like that. I was like, nope, I'm not paying more than this. And he, what was curious to me was like, I didn't know that Spanish was in there. That I could absolutely negotiate pricing for t-shirts with somebody I didn't know I didn't know that Spanish was in there and that's all that so I use that example to say that intuition is always in there we're not always um woke to it so to speak for me tequila is a thing that like uh, brings out all my languages when I'm drinking I speak all my French and all my Spanish and all my Korean too like everything comes out everything but English comes out it's always in there um we just don't know how to tap into it um you you have to learn it or you have to lower the the inhibition to 
be right. Because that's the other piece about intuition is that we feel like we need to be able to justify our feelings or justify our intuition. And you don't. Because immediately what came up for me when you said you can know something without knowing how you know it. And I was like, how is that true? Like, it is true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, so the, the whole sense of right and wrong, I think, uh, for someone whose personality dominates in this sense of structure and order and something is right and something is wrong. I find that I find that very difficult to believe. So how do we transition this to love languages? Because it's I think it's easy to correlate your personality type to habit changes and and structure and order and lack of structure and order. But I don't as I was taking the test, I was trying to figure out how this impacted my daily life when it comes to my physical health, my my diet, all, all that kind of stuff. I, I, I had a hard time trying to find the link between the two. I think the biggest link is just like understanding yourself better, right? Because once you understand like how you are, how you operate, how you think, the way you do things, and then you also understand how you interact with the people around you, I think that's huge in terms of like love languages. I think that's huge. How do you interact with the people around you? How do they interact with you? Um, and then like, so for me, my top love language is, uh, acts of service. Right. And, um, I'm one of those people who I don't need to talk to you every day, every week, every month, even like that's, that's not my thing. My thing is like, when I do see you, when you need anything for sure, call me like when I like, and that's how I am. And I, I've had friends in the past who were just like, we're not really friends because you don't call me. I'm like, I don't call anybody like it, it doesn't. I, I love you like like just the same. But understanding that those are important things for those people now. OK, maybe I do have to be a little bit more structured. Maybe I have to write in some time to spend with these people or to call this friend because this is important to them. And so, like, I think that changes your the structure of my habits and my scheduling and that sort of thing to make sure that, like, I'm altering the way that maybe I do things for the sake of this other person and this other relationship so that everything is everything is in balance in my life. I'm okay, and also the people that I love are okay. And if that means I have to make an adjustment or they have to make an adjustment, just like figuring all of that out. Um, and I, it, I mean, it's always tied to like habits and food and just like balance, just being balanced human beings, right? And and knowing all of these things about yourself, um, I think it helps with, with balance, how you maintain the balance. I would piggyback on that to say, I think to your point, like if your love language is acts of service or quality time, or you know that the person that you love is their, their love language is quality time, I know I, I'll speak for myself here as a married woman before it was just like, yes, I ha- might have a tendency to not get my workout because I might feel that I'm going to sacrifice quality time. Which and, was important to him. Which was important to him or me. Right. And it's just like and, and I commonly hear this with women that I'm coaching that it's an idea of like, I feel like if I take care of me, then I'm not going to take care of someone that I love and their love language might be acts of service. Um, It might be quality time. And so the idea that we can sacrifice our own or we make choices, let me say, maybe not even sacrifice. We make choices based on our love language and the perceived love languages of other people. I I coach women who are just like my husband. If I don't make dinner, then, you know, he's going to think I'm a bad wife. And it's like this. I'm sorry. Whose expectation is it that you make dinner every single night? Is it yours? Because that's your love language or is it his? Because that's what you had an explicit conversation. and He's revealed that to you. And most often than not, it is 
the expectation that the woman has set for what's expected of her because her love language is acts of service. So let's review real quick what the love languages are. Again, this is um, from some work that Gary Chapman has done. So there are several books out there you can find, and they're well, linked to a quiz you can take as well. So they are quality time, words of affirmation, acts of service, physical touch, and receiving gifts. So those are the ways that we typically feel and or express love. And the way that he describes it in the book is... Two people can say that they love one another, but if one is speaking English and the other is speaking Mandarin, they have no idea that that's what they're saying. And so I think that oftentimes we get caught up in relationships where we are trying to express love, we're trying to show love, but the other person can't understand us. And so they don't feel loved. And as a result, uh, that relationship erodes over time. Um, and, you know, it's just good to understand who you are and then maybe the person that you're, the people that you're closest with, understanding how they're um Sorry, sorry, how their makeup is so that you can at least make the effort to talk to them in a manner that works for them. I and make better decisions yeah. about how you're going to spend your time and what you're going to do with mm-hmm. your with your time and with the time you spend with other people. Your illustrate or your example was really good, April, because I think a lot of times we do make choices about how we're going to spend our time based on what it means for someone else, not necessarily how it's going to impact us. And I was thinking of acts of service, too, in terms of cooking. But I also thought about um, somebody like my mom, where I think words of affirmation is one of her love languages. And she's and I, I, I too, um, am very conscious of feedback, especially because cooking is an act of love. And so if you prepare food for someone and they don't give you any affirmation or praise behind it, it might impact what choices you make the next time you cook for that person. And so I think depending on how you receive love and what you're looking for from that other person, it's like, are they speaking English or are they speaking Mandarin? And I love that you said that because my love language is not acts of service. My love languages are words of affirmation and quality time. And maybe now personal touch is number three. And if someone needed me to cook for them as an act of love, that would be taxing for me because cooking is just not something I love to do. It's just not, um, you know. Sure, I can do it, but please, can I throw some money at this problem? Because I would rather do that. But if it's going to impact this other person and the the ability the ability for us to meaningfully connect, maybe I'm going to make an effort. But I can't be expected to do it every day, though. <laughs> so, so somehow there has to be some kind of coming of the meeting of the minds to understand this is what you need, this is what I can provide, and here's the frequency. And you know, and it may f- seem very thinking, very too much. But maybe it needs to be in some certain context, depending on who you're talking to. Yeah. When I think about um, things that contribute to our health, maybe it's something like going to the grocery store, right? Or packing somebody's lunch. Um, Those are also acts of service that don't necessarily um, entail cooking, but certainly would be an opportunity to express to that person, hey, I I care about you and I care about how you're feeling. And so I want to make sure you have these things that will contribute to your health. Yeah, but and in general though, I'm not an acts of service person. Like, oh, okay, that's fine. I'd rather sit with you and stare you in the face and tell you how much I love you. I'd rather do that. I'd rather spend time with you, like meaningful time with you, than than go get up and do something because that seems like busy work to me. Yeah, and if somebody's if somebody's uh, love language is quality time, then maybe they want to luxuriate over a meal somewhere, right? And so if that's not you, you or the places that they're choosing don't cater to the kind of food that you require, that might be a conflict. Um, So I think it's just important to kind of understand that and maybe look at how it's uh, playing out in your life. Yeah, I was going to say, 
uh, in last year, my first year of marriage, my husband's number one love language is quality time. And so I struggled a lot with feeling like, first of all, we're already trying to create this new thing together, this new life together. We're trying to like blend the families and do all the things. But for me, I was really big into like fitness and all of that. But I felt like the only time that I could work out was taking away from his quality time. So I spent almost a year not working out or trying to sneak away when he like went to the grocery store so I could get on the treadmill so I could be back by the time he gets home because like that's important to him. And like it took us about a year for us to have that conversation of like this doesn't work for me and I I need to, we need to figure out another way where you can still get everything that you need and I can still get everything that I need because this is not healthy for me. Like I need this other I need to do this thing and I need to feel like you're going to be okay being by yourself. And even it's it's funny because when we had that conversation, he's like, I'm never not okay by myself. But his love language is quality time. So I always feel like, you know, if I can be home at, I already work sometimes until seven or eight in the evening. And so my routine before him used to be to go to the gym at eight in the evening and come home at nine. And it's like no big deal. But I also feel like if you got off at five and you've been home since six and I don't even get off till eight and then I go to the gym and and then I don't and then you're up and out of the house in the morning, then that's all of your the quality time that's important to you, you know? And so, you know, how do you navigate that and and set new habits and new routines that work for both people where both people feel like they're getting what they need? Um and that was, I think, the hardest thing for us to kind of navigate in the beginning is like making sure that both of us are, are getting and feeling loved, but like not losing ourselves and still taking care of ourselves um, in the ways that we needed to do that. So I think that it's, it's a little dicey there. It can't speak, be. You speak to the point of like you had this idea in your head that he needed this extra hour of quality time. So you're going to sacrifice it for love. Right. And for him, he's like, if you need, if it's going to keep you healthy though, mm-hmm. <laughs> it. I'd rather you be healthy and get yeah. the, and lose an hour of QT a day yeah. than you be at home and, and not healthy. Like, I mean, it, yeah. it sounds obvious when you put it on the table. Right. But you got to be able to put it on the table yeah. first. And, and, and you speak to my point of like, I see this routinely with women that, and it comes from because we we love and we want to, and it's not that men don't. Um, so I'm not saying that they don't, but I, most of my clients are women, and it's oftentimes the the construct that we put in our own brains for like this is what's required of us. But can we check? Can you can you check, ladies, if you're listening and this is resonating? Can you check? Because sometimes the expectations we have that they have of us is not in alignment with what, what actually this other person that we love needs or wants especially if it's going to mean sacrificing ourselves in an unhealthy way in order to provide it i'm i'm just sitting back listening to you guys because it's i'm still trying to figure out how to connect the two but i think that some of the things that you guys have mentioned over the last uh 15 20 minutes have helped me to see one thing about myself which is so my my top um, love language is quality time and i do not like to do anything surrounding food by myself i just had that aha moment I don't want to cook by myself. I don't want to go to the grocery store by myself. I don't want to figure out what we're eating by myself. I need this to be a joint effort at all times. And when I have to do it by myself, I feel like it's an act of service for him. And 
it's interesting because his his one of his top love languages is active service, and so is mine. My second one is active service. Mm-hmm. So we both need each other to do stuff for the other person. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I food. I, it's it's a communal. It's a joint effort. It's a we have mm-hmm. to do this together. Otherwise, I can eat a bowl of cereal and be fine for the entire day. Yeah. <laughs> I think we talked about this even when we first started TJV, I think this is one of the conversations where TJV really kind of got started is food is the thing that we eat, what our family ate. It's a comfort thing. We, you, you go to your grandma's house and you eat what she cooks because you love your grandma. Even if you know it's going to make you sick, you're going to be on the toilet for three days. It doesn't matter. My grandma or made not. it. Yeah, or not, <laughs> right? This is like our quality time. There's mm-hmm. There's a whole bonding thing around food. Um, when I first, when I first married my husband, one of his family's like kind of concerns is culturally we're very different and they had a lot of concerns around food. Like you're going to cook, like what you're going to cook. And like, and then when I went there and I saw how much of their culture surrounds food, I mean, they spend all day cooking together. They come together. Like his aunts came from the next town over and they're in there and, and that's when they talk about stuff. And that's when they, there's like a whole thing around food. So it's not really the food but it's the food, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. um, preparation and yeah. Time spent and yeah. Diet. And the time mm-hmm. spent. And so I do think that those things, quality time and food and love and the people you love and yeah. all that stuff is like really intertwined yeah. in that way. That's interesting. And, and that's yeah. something to notice too, to bring it back to habit change and food, right. The jealous vegan, um, the idea that you, um, Jenny could just be like, yeah, I'll have cereal. I'm good, right? On your own, left to your own devices. I'll just have cereal. It's fine. That's perfectly. I'm the same way. Food is just not a priority with me unless I'm eating something I really love and with people that I really care about. My grandmother's the same way. I she I regularly go over there and she's just like, um, I said, did you eat today? And she's like, yeah, you know, I had a few oranges and you know I had my coffee and it's you know five o'clock in the in the evening. She hasn't even thought about dinner because she's not eating with anybody. And um, I, I think. That's a place to notice too, right? Because if your love language is that you need this act of service, you need it to be a, a co-created effort, then it's going to impact how you eat and emotionally so, right? Either you're going to not eat, you're just going to eat to survive or you're going to overeat because you're not getting the nourishment that you need from and maybe eat unhealthily, maybe make bad choices because you are not getting the nourishment that you want from this practice as a human of eating and the cultural stuff that comes around. And I think this is a really important place to notice um, how you show up based on what your love languages are and what your needs are. Yeah. We could probably talk about this for a long time, but I I love the idea that um, the more we know about ourselves and the more we understand about the people that we love, the greater our opportunity to be able to serve one another, whether acts of service is your love language or not. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard today, please take two minutes and leave us a review in your favorite podcast app. And in the meantime, don't let perfection be the enemy of progress.